Oh man, Andy. This movie. What a good movie. <laughs> I hesitate to call it a movie. It was a movie. It moved. It's art. <laughs> that is the one thing you can definitely say about it. Welcome to Direct to Video. VHS. I am your host, Tony Robusto. And I am your host, Andy Reyes. Uh, I think I forgot to say that we pair movies like fine wine, but that's because I just drank some fucking vinegar this week. Uh, <laughs> they forgot the grapes. <laughs> they forgot the grapes. The grapes just aren't even in there. What happened? I'll tell you what happened. Listener, we watched The Swan Princess, A Royal Misery. Can I tell you my final thoughts on a royal mystery and then we can get deep down into it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Here's my like final overarching thoughts. This might be the most competently done 3D Swan Princess movie. And that is such a crazy tragedy because it is insane. It is unfollowable. It is... (laughs) the the worst written and the most concerned with continuity it is it it is so obsessed with with uh just bringing in every single callback from the 3d era of swan princess Mm -hmm. all of your favorites are here for some reason yeah they (sighs) all are (sighs) it's a great movie it's only 79 minutes oh boy you feel it that was only 79 minutes i have like two pages of notes this this i know it it was so short and yet when did you watch this did you watch this this morning no i watched this at the beginning of the week um because i thought we were going to record on monday and now i have to be i have to keep checking my notes to make sure that i remember everything in this movie because it is too weird to be like left most of the weird stuff just leaves. It's it's three separate movies, and two of those movies have nothing to do with the title. The great thing, it, yeah, it's just, it's, it's all, it's all, it's like a performance art piece. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like when, have you, you have, have you ever read like a, a story written by like a five-year-old? Yeah, you can kind of see that where, like, a five-year-old might also really care about, like, the continuity. Like, oh, this is how this character comes back. But, like, it won't make sense to be like, well, yeah, you toss the gloves in with the ghost rope, and now they're ghost gloves. And you could just grab stuff, grab ghost stuff with them, because you have ghost gloves now. Uh, (laughs) Which is, I'm sorry, it should be noted, is a thing that happens. Do you know who are no longer characters in this movie? Which is fascinating. Elise and Lucas are no longer characters. They have like no speaking lines. They, They have nothing to do. And like the biggest thing that they do in this movie is get themselves kidnapped. Yeah, like really weirdly, like bafflingly. I... 
That was the thing in this movie that made the least amount of sense. This, I'm not going to lie. There was a moment in this movie where I was like yearning for, uh, I don't even remember what the last one was called. Royally Undercover. I think that this movie, I know you said it was the worst one, but I think the plotting in this movie made some more sense than Royally Undercover. Royally Undercover took a lot of stuff for granted. I I do th- I think here's the thing though is Royally Undercover is a story, right? Like it ha- it it and that that I think does it a disfavor, right? Royal Royal Mystery is it is it's just given, wild. It's just events. It's so insane and like there's no continuity between scenes sometimes that it it just it's it it goes down like a it goes down like a buffet right like you don't know why you're eating all of this stuff but it was all at the table do you know what i love about this movie genuinely what i wonder if it's the same thing that i loved I was really disappointed in number nine in the last movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought he was really underwhelming and didn't get to do anything fun. And in this yeah. movie, he's like back for real. He's and back I did for not real. expect that. He is great. And he has to like play alongside this new Odette who is not good. <laughs> this, it, it, it sucks because this is the most Odette has had to do in so long. But it's not Laura Bailey anymore, who I know is a good voice actor. It is um, this girl who sounds like a kid. Nina Herzog, who has done nothing. Really? Oh, that's fascinating. They, they were in a short movie in 2015, and then immediately in 2018, they did Swan Princess. They did one episode of American Horror Story and a movie called My Unauthorized Hallmark Movie Musical. Oh, Nina, I don't know about that one. That sounds bad. That last one sounds... That one might be worse than Swan Princess. Because the, 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 the thing is, is that the singing in this movie is not good. The music in this movie is, I think, distinctly better than a lot of music in the other movies. No, no, it is it is absolutely better, right? Like, the... the, And we're going to talk about Jay Bateman, the composer, in a little bit. But this is the best work he's done since he started working on these 3D movies. Wait, has, is the same composer? This is the same composer. As, he's been the composer for Swamp Princess since A Royal Family Tale. Okay, but this stuff is, like... There's listenable stuff in this movie. This is his last Swan Princess. Oh, no. Oh, man, a royal wedding is going to be garbage. We're not watching that right away. It's going to be so (laughs) bad. And like I said, we're going to talk about Jay. You know, let's talk about Jay Bateman a little bit right now, because three people wrote this movie. I don't know if you watched the credits. I watched the credits. One, these credits, incredibly short. Very few people worked on this movie. But... One of those people who helped write the story and who produced helped produce the movie was one Jay Bateman. So this movie was written by the composer, or at least partially written by the composer. Interesting. And a person, Interesting. a person named like Melissa Bateman, who might be his wife. And and this is also his last Swan Princess movie. Fascinating. I just don't know, like what's happening. Yuri Lowenthal's still here, though. Spider-Maning around. Yeah, but Mary Jane's gone, so... 
So, well, he, but you're, I will say again, like Derek gets a lot to do in this movie, which is nice. It's kind of a movie for some reason about Derek. It becomes about Derek after a while. And it, which, which is incredibly stupid, but let's, let's get into it. it. Let's start at the beginning. It's baffling because it's, it's supposed to be like. Uh, basically a direct sequel to the last movie where he was not in it as a as like a denouement to royally undercover Mm. it it works kind of but if you just jumped into this movie without watching royally undercover or any of the 3d movies you'd be like what is happening you need to watch all of the 3d movies to have any understanding about what's happening i watched this with my girlfriend we had just watched royally undercover together same right (laughs) Uh-huh. Same. So let me ask you this question. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did Mavis have the same problem of being like, who's this ghost? Not not only did 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 did, did, did not only did Mavis not I when this ghost showed up, I I was like, oh yeah, that's from that that's from three movies ago. <laughs> From, like, three movies ago. Completely not in the last movie. Not even, like, a cameo or anything. And then he's just a main character. Like, a full storyline is about this ghost. Uh, Tony, I had to go one step further. Because we, at the beginning of this movie, uh, when we see um, Queen Uberta on her book tour. We'll get to it. Mavis was like, why do these two other characters with her look so different? Oh, and yeah. I was like that because they're from the 2D movie. They're from the sequel 2D movie. <laughs> they're joke characters from the 2D movie. And they're not meant they're not meant to look like this. <laughs> but this is what they look like now. Yes, let's get into it. You want to know my first note? Let me tell you my first note. I my first note was I refuse to believe that Uberta is beloved because it just starts with people chanting queen you queen you and you don't you're not told she's on a book tour so i as a human just assumed she was doing queen stuff yeah but no no then she starts talking about her fans and i got furious then she out that uberta continuing being literally the saddest human being ever has written about the events of the last movie in a way that makes her the hero. <laughs> and it's just so profoundly pathetic. Because <laughs> she, like, sorry, she, like, specifically writes about how she wasn't ever really in love with Count Antonio. It's like, you're such a garbage human. <laughs> right? Like, why? Like, you, like, it... It's one of those things, right? If it's like, if she just wrote about the events of the book and made herself the hero, that's fine. But by like, just completely changing the narrative of like, I was, I was actually, not only was I the hero, but I was in on it the whole time. It sounds like a boring book. It does, but people are so horned for it. They want it. They want this story to be told. So my first note is uh, back at the kingdom of Borromeo, they rebuilt the dam, but they should have just moved the town. <laughs> Yeah, why aren't they just a beachside kingdom? Why did There's they... a lake here. Just, yeah, just have a lake. Just be next to the lake. Why do you have to live perpetu- like perpetually under the thumb of another like assassin breaking your dam? 
if somebody wanted to break that dam, they totally could have. And it would have made sense, because there was an assassin running around throughout this whole thing. And we know that breaking dams is totally within his M.O. Also, I'm sure uh, that the Queen Uberta just told people how the dam was broken. In the future, somebody's just going to be like, ah, this book is the, a perfect rubric for how to how to break this dam specifically. It's the anarchist cookbook of dam breaking specifically. <laughs> <laughs> so Queen, Queen Uberta is on a book tour. For uh, th- this has no bearing really on the rest of the movie except for a kind of a kind of a bad twist. Kind of a bad twist, and, and it's the only bit where I was like, "Oh, okay, now it actually kind of makes sense." It's a bad twist, but it gave me a moment where I was like, "That makes more sense than what I thought was happening." The the one thing I liked about this whole bit is I do love it when in a movie somebody is like, "I wrote this book," and then the photo on the book is of them holding the book. And it just goes on forever. I do like that. It's a, it's such a good. It's like a. It's a classic joke, right? Like you can never do it. Wrong. So you just love. You just love recursion. Yes. You have no other. As a person who ha- who has done some programming, recursion is fantastic. I love seeing it everywhere. I'll. I love Big standing between two Brown. mirrors. <laughs> we. She goes back to home. So sorry, before that happens, we do get the uh, the title drop, I believe. Oh, we get it. Yeah, that's right. We get more credits. They're still using the theme from Swamp Princess, and it made me furious until later they use one of the actual songs from Swamp Princess. And I was like, you have not earned this. You can't keep doing this. It's wild to me that they care so much about using that initial logo and like music sting, because like... Why, like who at, at what at this point who is watching these movies who has seen the original? Well, they very clearly think that the person who was watching this movie has seen all of the other 3D movies. You know, we watched all the fairy princess movies, and each one yeah. of those was its own standalone story, which is what you need. And these refuse to be their own standalone story. <laughs> Maybe they're trying to do like a like one last hurrah because it looks like in the next movie we're just never seeing any of these characters again. Yeah, but we'll never know because I refuse to be the one to bring us into these movies again. <laughs> I know it's <laughs> we it, it, pair it, it, the movies, Andy. Then we move on. <laughs> there's two of them left. I know. At least the longer we wait, the more there are going to be. <laughs> the, yeah, the more the more likely it is that another one happens somehow. Uberta is uh, is tired from her book tour, and I don't quite know how how we get to this point because a lot of faff happens that doesn't matter. But uh, mm-hmm. mysterious Z's are being carved all over the castle. So the first one's on Uberta's book, and so they think she just did it while she was sleeping because she sleeps with it because she is genuinely the most pathetic character you can possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. And I honestly thought would have been killed off in the second movie. Uh, the, the only, I think at this point, the only character I hate more is Roger, who is insufferable in this movie. It's weird that these two characters keep getting used the way they do. Somebody, I don't know if it's Brian Neeson or Richard Rich or who, loves them. Somebody loves going back to these characters and just continually making them worse and worse. It really feels like that, um, that you know, like the comic book problem of like, you'll introduce a character in comic books and they'll have like one trait that fans latch onto. So you start exaggerating mm-hmm. that trait. 
uh, flanderization. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and it's like the, the, these two characters have gotten it so bad. Like Derek and Odette uh, went from being like mildly interesting characters to just blank pieces of cardboard. Yeah, they're basically like fantasy versions of Barbie and Ken. Yeah, yeah, they're they're little psychopaths who murder children's parents for fun. But Roger and Uberta have like regressed so much at this point that like every minute that they're on screen, I'm just like, move on, just move yeah. on, please. Oh, <laughs> uh, they're maybe not the worst of it. Jean Bob might still be the worst, uh, but I think he might have been worse earlier on. Actually, he's gotten he's gotten toned down. Right, he's so much less of a character now that it barely matters. He d- he barely even has a French accent anymore. <laughs> That's true. Have you have you noticed that by the way that uh, even even Puffin is like not Scottish anymore? <laughs> <laughs> not Scottish enough. He just kind of sounds like a cop. <laughs> so yeah, there's Z's popping up everywhere, and then do we just cut over to the kids? Yeah, so the kids are just hanging out with. Uh, King Jesus. Yeah, when I first saw the kids, I was like, does Lucas just live at the castle now? But they're not even at that castle. They're in the castle in Borromeo. Yeah. Why? (laughs) Because they were delivering a bunch of flowers, I guess. Yeah, a bunch of lilies. So they're there with the old king who we now know is, is like, oh, he's an intelligent character. Which is just great. I needed to know that. Wonderful. He's uh, so smart. And number nine. Number nine's great. <laughs> he gets the best line in the whole movie in terms of just like really showing us who is writing it. The king uh-huh. says to the kids, I'm going to paint a selfie of me and and uh, what, I forget what he calls number nine. <laughs> Jasper, I think. Jasper, yeah. I'm going to paint a selfie of me and Jasper. And I was like, kill me. Like, (laughs) it is 2018. You cannot. This isn't a joke anymore. God, I can't remember what the issue is. I think they have to cover the lilies for a frost or something. I don't remember why they need a bunch of sheets. But they're like, hey, do we know anywhere where we could get a bunch of sheets? And for some reason, nobody is like, you're royalty. Buy some sheets. Just buy some sheets. And they instead go, they, they go... <laughs> they go to fucking Cat Murder Row again. They go to Cat Murder Row and, and Scully, the ghost, who's here... Okay. You, you Wait, listeners, you remember Scully, right? Uh, yeah, do you remember? <laughs> I, here's the thing is, I couldn't remember this fucker's name, and they don't say it for so long. They don't say it for a long time. Scully so is the squirrel-ish character... That they're not squirrels. They they they're like a stupid fantasy squirrel, but they're squirrels. They're squirrels. Uh, he's like the he's like the squirrel character who played kind of an Obi Wan Kenobi role in I can't remember the name of the movie, but the first one with Elise in it, who played like an Obi Wan Kenobi role and ended up having to sacrifice himself for Odette and Derek. And then, in the next movie, continued to play an Obi-Wan Kenobi role as a ghost who just did everything for them. He just did the whole movie for them. 
He just, well, he did the whole climax, remember? He was like, oh, every, you be here and you be here. It's like, what are you doing, ghost? So anyway, he left and now he's back. And I hope you fucking love him. I hope you love him because (laughs) he's going to be half of this movie. He's going to have the most lines, except for maybe another character who I hope you remember. I straight up didn't remember the other character. (laughs) No, because why would you? (laughs) Um, so, so Scully is here and he is making fun of number nine for being afraid of this of this awful place where they murder cats and did a bunch of crimes. It's like, you know what, Scully, you only had to die once. <laughs> number nine didn't even I wish that he had a better comeback. He was like, just because I know scary doesn't mean I like scary. But what he should have said was, you're already dead. You don't have anything to worry about. <laughs> I mean, come on. So we get it. We get a look at this, uh, this dishonored looking motherfucker, this uh, assassin. He does look pretty dishonored. Yeah, he, he's just running around spying on people with a spyglass from a distance, parkouring pretty badly. There is there is a bit where somebody like sees him and he starts flipping away and he is doing <laughs> the most unnecessary flips. Like, he is definitely slowing down by flipping this much. He starts flipping away. This is probably the worst animation in the movie because these flips look really bad. And it doesn't help that they're move- that he's moving so slow. Here's the thing. This movie has way better animation than, like, the last few. It should not look this bad, but it does. I had to rewind it to rewatch it because I missed it because I was writing a note. Um, and Mavis was like, you need to rewind it. You need to see this. It looks so terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got very distracted for a second. Did you know that David Lodge plays both Niccolo and number nine? Yes. <laughs> Working fucking hard, Dave. You're, you, you, you're doing so much work. Um, you don't have to, man. Any halfway decent, like, performance in this movie might just be David Lodge working. He's just, he's just, he's just putting in the hours right just doing his job (laughs) scully is like dunking on number nine for no reason and then another ghost shows up to lasso him yep and this is this is this might be the most romantic tension that we will get in all of swan princess well as we've established Derek and odette don't really get romantic tension anymore No, they they have they 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 again, they're just little psychopaths. I don't remember the name of this character. I think it's Nums or Hunch. It might be Nums. You are looking at the same IMDb page as me, right? Yeah, so it's Nums or Hunch. So it's either Nums or Hunch. The other one is the other one. So I'm going to go with Hunch because I think I remember Nummy Wummy being a joke later. Right, and Hunch kind of makes sense if you if if it's like a detective character. Yeah. So Hunch is a ghost Nork who has a debate kink, basically. So which makes him the perfect like the perfect rival? Question mark Is that the right word to (laughs) Scully, who seems to have a uh, a, a who seems to reciprocate that? Like they both just love talking nonsense at each other for extended periods of time. Let me define, did you call them norks? Let me define a nork for a second. It's a goblin, but it kind of looks like a lizard. 
You guys might not remember it because they were in one movie and I thought we were done with them. <laughs> I don't actually remember what they're called. They could be they could be called anything. They have the dumbest names. Bogs. They're called Bogs. Bogs. I found it on the Swan Princess Wiki. Thanks, Swan Princess Wiki. You're doing the Lord's work. God, somebody sure wrote down the entirety of the plot of this movie for some reason. Oh, man. So Hunch takes Scully back to the island from Princess Today, Pirate Tomorrow. Sorry, I do have to mention it is Princess Tomorrow, Pirate Today, even though that doesn't sound as good. (laughs) (laughs) That is the name of the movie. I remember having this conversation before. It's I and I, I stand by it that the other way is better. Um, and then we get and then we get. I'm skipping over a bunch of stuff actually. It's this movie is impossible to follow. They keep cutting in weird places, which makes it hard to recap it. With some quite amazing diagonal wipes. Did you see these things? <laughs> it so was I like watched my- a George Lucas movie. It was like my windshield wipers were on full blast. There was a moment in this movie where they do like 10 wipes within a span of five minutes. It's so much. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to, I'm going to do this in order of like big things. Cause they're like, it, again, like, Im- but imagine that all of these things are intercut even more randomly. Um, I'm making yep. it like more coherent. Um, it's hard. My notes are incomprehensible. <laughs> Looking at them, I keep on referencing different characters in each line. Oh, that's better. I don't even write character names by like by the time I get like three notes in, I stop writing character names. Um, <laughs> well, one of my hair, one of my notes, for instance, is Rogers continues to be the worst, and I could have written that down at any time. Oh, okay. I think I know what you're referring to. But before we get to that, so um, Scully gets <laughs> captured by Hunch, and Hunch takes him back to Bog Island, where he has a. Uh, a simultaneously 12 Angry Men parody and Survivor question mark parody. I think um, it's supposed to be Judge Judy, but it doesn't the, work. They because they, they do the they do the like Survivor interview thing. Judge Judy never did that, did they? I, I don't think Judge Judy did do that. But remember, in the original Princess Tomorrow no, Pirate Today, no, there I was, don't remember Tony. <laughs> there was the bit where. They made it into a cooking show. Yes. Fuck. They did did Chopped. Oh, my God. Yeah. So they're doing that again. We got the title cards and everything. um, And Scully has to has to debate for his life. He has to master debate. Yeah. He he masterfully outwits them by making fun by by making fun of uh, Nums's wussy name and emasculating him in front of all of his friends and then he runs away in the middle of the trial it's not like super heroic no it sucks real bad um (laughs) at the same time that this is happening rogers is trying to rebuild the submarine from the last movie by harassing john bob into doing something he doesn't want to do and being just a total prick about it he, that might be when I wrote that down. And Jabob asks, reasonably, why don't you just take it apart? Yeah, like a fucking engineer, you twit. Idiot. <laughs> so who cares about what whatever the hell Rogers is doing? We need to get to the meat and potatoes of this, which means, I think, that Derek has to go see Niccolo. No, not yet. <laughs> Please. 
<laughs> You're moving too fast. Um, so uh, the kids are the kids are with King Jesus, and um, Derek mm-hmm. and Odette start looking around the castle for rats or large rodents because they think that like uh, because Uberta's convinced that it wasn't her, and Derek is just it's like whatever, mom. Did you do? Does everybody remember that Uberta's Derek's mom? Because I sure don't. They're just kind of doing this to humor her. After the engineering scene, the animals had the Z's on them, too. Yes, they have the Z's on them, too. And then they all do, like, a meetup where they find out that that there's a Z on, like, one of the walls and then also on Odette's pendant. I think there's a Z on the wall because the light is hitting her pendant in that way. And that's not how, like, shadows work. Yeah. But the movie seems to think that that's how shadows work. And at this point, I was hoping it would be like a Rat King situation. Oh my god, a Rat King situation would be great. Right? Um, not enough Rat Kings in media. So uh, there's gonna did you know there's going to be a movie with a Rat King in it coming out fairly soon? Is there? Yeah, uh, there's a Terry Pratchett book that's gonna be made to an animated movie and it's it has a Rat King in it. Oh, I'm so excited. Love a Rat King. Who doesn't? Uh, at this point, um, because they wrote, they did a Z on Odette's pendant, Derek and Odette, like, put their minds together and th- and realize that somebody is going after the kids. Well, or they're just worried about the kids, just in theory, yeah. The, the movie frames it as if they've, they, as if they've solved, uh, like, they've solved it. The movie does this multiple times, where characters just say things as if they, it is an objective truth. And it makes and all the characters And then it cuts over dumb. to it happening. Like, Odette's like, I'm worried about the kids. And then when it cuts over, the kids are standing in a giant Z in a flower bed. And they're like, what's going on? So, like, I guess they're always right. But they're also always wrong. <laughs> <sighs> because, because, sorry, if you guys thought that the plan, that the evil mastermind plan in the last movie was insane, get a load of this. So... They send Puffin, who has found a Z on his foot, over to Borromeo, and then they get there like two minutes after he does, so I don't know what the point of that was. They realize that it's the the rats that are doing it, but they don't understand why, and Niccolo has requested a council with Derek. Right, Niccolo's like, oh, I know, I can tell you about this. So, now we see Niccolo. Uh, who was referred to almost exclusively as Agent 47 in yes. our last episode. <laughs> and and uh, he is no longer Agent 47. He is now Rasputin. Oh, he does look like Rasputin. In fact, ironically, he looks like Rasputin from Anastasia. Yes, yes, he does. <laughs> uh, he, solitary confinement has made him lose his gourd. Yes, which you'd think would be a conversation about not throwing people in solitary confinement, but as it turns out, it's not. No, it's he just a... He gets a song at the end of this, and we should talk about the scene, but then I really need to drill down into this song. This this, this is infuriating. This scene is nothing. Derek shows up and is like, tell me what you know. And then he's like doing his dumb little bit that is that is not only insulting, but also distressing. Um, he does a Gollum Schmeagle thing. It doesn't, it's not nearly as well written. And also like, I don't know, like DID is a very real thing. And just seeing this movie use it as the most laziest punchline is just distressing. It's pretty rough, partially because 
he then gets a song about it. Yeah. In which he sings it to nobody, and then later it turns out he was faking. Yeah. So why did he get a song? This is the most animation that is put into any character's face. Like, there are more <laughs> Nicolo bones. looks smooth as hell. <laughs> yeah, he like his he has more bones in his face than characters have in their whole bodies. The only character that they animate nearly as lovingly is number nine. Number nine looks good, too, which is great because he looked bad in the last film. Yeah, he looks better in this. Um, I, I don't know what it is. I think they just have better fur tech. The water, I'll, just a quick aside, the water in this movie looks amazing. Like Everything looks better in this movie, even than just the last movie, which had to have been like one or two years difference. So I don't know if everybody upgraded their computers <laughs> or what. <laughs> they traded them in. They got the newest hype. Um, yeah, I don't know. It. They just, like, started paying for Photoshop. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, this movie still looks terrible by most standards. By, like, a modern standard. Yeah, like, this movie looks worse than, you know, like, a Star Wars Clone Wars episode. But it probably looks better than, like, Shrek or the original Toy Story. Mmm. The humans in the original Toy Story. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Not Woody it, and Buzz. They look fine. They look fine. They're toys. They look fine. They're toys. The humans look pretty gross. If you go back to 1999 and watch uh, and watch one of those movies, they look pretty weird. The the baby short for that for Toy Story is terrifying. <laughs> Ob- objectively terrifying. Tinker Tinker <laughs> Toy. I think that short's called Tinker Toy. I do not remember the name of the Toy Story short. I'm sorry to have to tell you this. <laughs> I do for some reason. <laughs> Don't it's know just why. that you're asking me, like, I'll be like, yeah, Tinker Toy. I remember yeah, t- Tinker Toy. <laughs> what? How can you? I owned I owned the VHS for, for Toy Story, and I watched it religiously to the end. And, and um, so here's a little fun fact about me is that not only did I watch the movie religiously, but my i my original vhs that i owned it didn't have fast forward like i couldn't fast forward while watching the movie weird so so it wasn't worth the risk i had to just sit through the trailers and tinker toy and toy story <laughs> and then afterwards i watched all of the special features that were at the end of the vhs not not only can i say all of the lines of toy story by heart as i'm watching the movie but i could also say all of the special features lines <laughs> <laughs> There are 2.8 million leaves on the trees in Andy's neighborhood. So they get to the kids. Derek goes to meet Niccolo and essentially learns nothing, turns to leave. And Niccolo says, it's Antonio. He's back. The letter is the key. And then it turns out that Antonio has a last name that begins with Z. Which we find out, I'm sorry, because there's a big-ass statue of him and Niccolo that I guess the king had made, even though he suspected them of, like, major crimes, and they're just standing back-to-back looking cool as hell. Like Like a fucking action movie poster, like the people demanded this, like, (laughs) no, we want an action movie statue of our favorite senators. (laughs) God, that sounds like a plot in a in Star Wars prequel. <laughs> oh, like maybe I, one of the Clone Wars episodes is about that. I will let you know. I'm listening through uh, more Civilized Age. I will let you know if there's one about a statue. <laughs> a terrorist has bombed a statue of Padme. <laughs> um, and she, oh god, she would get a statue like of herself. 
Um, she would. She was elected queen at 14. So, can't, we can't talk about this. Um, People love her somehow. So, Derek leaves and Niccolo sings a song to himself. And this is why this is infuriating, because this song would have worked a million times better if he was singing it to Derek. The, y- yes, and it would... <laughs> But he's not, and and it's well animated, like like we said before. And here's the other thing that's infuriating: it's kind of a bop. It's like way, way a better song than any of the songs since the original. <sighs> yes, it's the original. I think. Like, yeah, because the two sequels while. didn't have new music. Did they not? No, right. they didn't have original they just, music. They just, they, just did, had... they just did no fear again. Yeah. Because, Which because they hate they me. stopped giving us. <laughs> so meanwhile, or or maybe directly after this, Odette decides. No, meanwhile, I think Odette decides that they need to follow the rats to find the man in black. Yes. Yeah. And Odette has an outfit change, which is the first time she's had an outfit change, maybe ever. Maybe maybe, maybe ever. Evil Odette got a black dress. Yeah, but it was just the same dress, but black. <laughs> oh, she's just, she's went on like a way, she's went on like way crazier adventures of this and she never got changed. That seems weird. I noticed it so vividly. I was like, oh, this is like kind of a new outfit. She's wearing like a different shawl and has different gloves. The mm-hmm. The person who modeled her for this movie made her shoulders a little narrower and her boobs bigger. That's weird. I don't know why they did that. Um, they also made her hips wider. Her proportions are so fucked in this movie. There is a moment where her and Derek are walking next to each other and her legs are so long compared to the rest of her body. <laughs> like, she looks taller than Derek. I, I think I didn't notice most of this, but I did notice her weirdly long legs. Because sometimes you see that in animation, right? Where it's like people have long legs. Just like... Yeah. If you were to measure us, I feel like most of us are mostly leg, and that's weird and hard to wrap your mind around. And so if it's so when people are animated and you draw them, you can very easily fuck that up and give them the weirdest amount of leg. She looks like an anime boy. Her proportions, like her legs are absurdly long. They they definitely like fudged her proportions in this movie. Like she doesn't look quite right. So I don't know what the deal is with that. And I, I, what I think it is, is I think they have a new, like an entirely new animation team. That might just be it. And it might be why the animation looks better. And also sometimes, for instance, character proportions look weird. Yeah. Because they're not actually used to animating these characters. Yeah, they're, they're, they're working with like, you know, models that were made, what, five years ago, five years old at this point? Uh, don't make me look up when the other movies came out. Uh, that's alright, you don't have to. So she decides to go look for the rats, and she brings number nine with her, because he's a cat. He gets fucking volunteered. <laughs> he gets volunteered by the king, he's like, god damn it. Uh, even though both of them are afraid of rats, which is, mm. you'd think they could bond over that, but they just don't. <laughs> no, no, because Odette is like, you need to kill yourself for me, number nine. Odette gets another song. This is her second song in the series about killing yourself for a friend. And I say that, oh, wow, you know what? Actually, the 2D movies did have original songs because the first one was from one of the 2D sequels. Um, 
Oh. Which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Odette's character in this movie is, is it like comes down to, hey, number nine, you should want to die for me. Yes. She sang a, sing- a similar song to Jamba before about how you you sometimes need to get yourself killed for your friends. Like, it's fucking wild. Um, however, number nine does get one of the best lines in the movie in in response to it, where he's getting, like, hyped up to, to go fight these rats during the song. And then, and then after the song, he goes, no, there's no music. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling that. Yeah, now that the music's turned off, actually, this doesn't seem like a great idea. He's just, he's just the best character. Uh, also, during this music sequence, ghosts of all of number nine's past eight lives come yes. down from heaven to be a chorus for Odette. Which, I, I mean, there's some good stuff here. It's the kind of stuff that makes you wish it was a good movie. No, there there were multiple times in this movie where I was like, this is funny. This is actually like this is it's it's poorly executed and like I'm not laughing. But like I love number nine arguing with a character who I can only assume would be called number eight. About, <laughs> <laughs> about whether or not it's okay for him to get killed. Uh and the song I think is called like Man Up or something. Yeah, something like that, which I also found, I thought, well, that's pretty, like, uh, heteronormative isn't the word. It's a gross, just, like, standard for men, right? I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand why we need to bring his 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 uh, maleness into it, you know? This is, this is a cat who doesn't want to do a thing. It doesn't matter if he's a man or not. Eight of his lives were sacrificed to villainy. Let the ninth one be lazy. And he even says, he's like, this is how I felt just before I died every time. She's like, go die. (laughs) Go do it then. Coward. He's like, I think it's reasonable to be a coward. Um, There there was a moment where I was like, man, Odette is going to kill this cat herself if she has to. (laughs) She's going (laughs) to. They, uh, the rats scare Odette, but number nine manages to, to chase them away. And then they climb into the sewers after a literal assassin. Yeah, Odette is making pretty exclusively poor decisions in this movie. And number nine is just along for the ride, very much not wanting to also make these decisions. Some They're following the rats. Some cages that were installed in the sewers close behind them. And Odette's <sighs> response to this is, well, I don't like that. And then, like two seconds later, she's like, ha, huh, wait. Those cages weren't for us. They must have been for Derek. And then Derek is just here. He's Derek is here and he's like, these cages are for Odette. So he climbs into the sewers. Gets caught in a cage. (laughs) And and so like, (laughs) yes, you go on. (laughs) He gets caught in a cage for three seconds. For three seconds, I'm like, oh, here Derek is trapped again. Nice job, idiot. And then he just opens it. He just opens the gate. He throws it open like he's the fucking Hulk. He doesn't even like, he doesn't use the stupid lock picking thing from the last movie or anything. It, he just slides open. He doesn't break a sweat. He just throws it open. What? <laughs> At around this time, Roger and everyone and all and the animals are collecting equipment 
for some reason and they're talking to the kids and trying to get Scully to escape from Hunch, but it doesn't work. Right. Okay. So here's here's the point of all the equipment. It is to be able to better keep track of Hunch so that he won't catch Scully. And to better keep track of Scully for when he just suddenly has to disappear, I think. Um, I thought. Yeah. I thought that this all that the trackers and the ghost gloves i thought all of this was so that they could put a tracker on this fucking literal assassin but fuck me for thinking that this was a movie about an assassin no. who draws no, z's everywhere not. no no that's not because that's not what it's about andy they got like <laughs> they need the <laughs> The dead squirrel to track the assassin, but the dead squirrel keeps getting interrupted by the dead. What did I call him? A zog? An, a, bo- a bog. A bog. He keeps getting interrupted by the dead bog, so they have to get the most amount of equipment that you could possibly have to catch the dead bog, so he can't catch their dead squirrel friend, so he can track the assassin. I don't understand what kind of problem you have with this. They could have put a tracker on the assassin. Ugh. I mean, maybe. The, the best part is, is that it no, it doesn't fucking work. Scully gets no, captured again. Yeah, yeah, he's he consistently gets captured. And Hunch puts him in a jar. Oh yeah, ghosts can't phase through glass. A genuinely interesting piece of world building, though, right? Like that's so interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not it's not bad. It's it's just like it, it feels like it feels like they have to come up with random ghost rules. No, for sure. But this is the only one that I thought was genuinely good. The ghost string touching stuff and turning it like that's all hooey. But like, I love the idea of like ghosts exist. But for some reason, the only thing they can't go through is glass. I don't know why I like that, but I do. It sticks with me. I could see it. I kind of, I kind of like it in a sort of eighteen hundred science idea, like the idea that you like capture a ghost in a little in a jar and like now I have this ghost, and that there's some crazy Frankenstein esque person constantly doing stuff like this. Scully gets captured again. He gets jarred. This is a shame. The Roger and everybody send. Uh, send apparently bog island is so is actually really close to land because they just turn john bob into a ghost and send him after them scully and hunch i mean i forgot about that bit yeah uh because this movie loves a good callback and by a good callback i mean a bad callback a terrible callback because listener do you remember that the bogs worshipped john bob as a god me neither he, it seems to, though, ignore the idea that they stopped worshipping him as a god at one point and decided to eat him. But also, this also doesn't work. We have now spent, like, 20 minutes on plans that are just completely asinine and pointless and also have nothing to do with the main plot. But if we didn't do that, we would literally never see the kids in this movie. I'm okay with that, though, I'm just saying, the movie started to be about Elise, and in this one, it fully stopped being about Elise. And I'm not saying that's awful or anything, but, I mean, look at the cover for the Swan Princess of Royal Mystery. They fully do not want to cut down their cast at all. 
This has everybody on it. Oh my god, Scully is solid in this. What the fuck? It's very weird. But this should be a movie about Derek and Odette trying to solve this mystery because nobody else matters except for number nine because he's the greatest. And he's not even on this cover. He's not. That's wild. That's why I thought number nine wasn't in the movies after the last one. Yeah, right? This cover should just be that immaculate portrait of number nine where he's dressed like a Roman emperor eating grapes, which was tragically... I saw that when it was slashed. I was like, oh no, Andy's favorite painting. I was so... This this got the most emotional reaction out of me. I was like, (laughs) no! Derek and Odette embrace because they are safe um there's like a huge crowd now and the the assassin is like ah darn i missed my chance and at this point derek is convinced that it is antonio he's back he looked at that statue earlier it has to be him and and at this point i'm asking myself who cares if it's antonio you defeated him so easily in the last movie i was so angry about that they were like it's antonio it has to be he's back and i was like who cares he's not fucking rothbart he's just some dude there was a moment where i was like is is this gonna be like rothbart's return like is that what we're aiming towards does rothbart have like a z name does he have a brother no it's it's and it's like antonio is was so unvillainous he couldn't even hurt two baby children yeah, he was basically defeated by the kids. In fact, I think Elise got the last hit in. Yeah, and like Lucas didn't, like Lucas broke a leg because he fell. <laughs> like, <laughs> that wasn't even Antonio who did that. Right, and then he didn't even use Lucas as like leverage during the fight, which I fully expected. He he is not villainous enough to be the big bad villain. And so I was sitting here like, I don't care. I don't care that this is Antonio. Come back. Now, the one good thing about this is that the movie really clarifies, because in the last movie, you're like, it's like, oh, he's just on a rowboat. That's fine. But this movie clarifies, no, he's dead as fuck. He was on a rowboat in a hurricane. That's what they said. I sure didn't see a damn hurricane in the last movie. Clear skies in the last movie. Correct me if I'm wrong. I could have sworn that there was a final scene where he ends up on that stupid island. Yeah, on Bog Island. So... He's not dead. We know that as the viewers. So you don't need to convince us that he's dead. I think he is super dead. I mean, he could have been killed eaten by bogs, but he didn't. He wasn't killed by a hurricane. Man, what a wild, what a wild and crazy thing. But if he's dead, Andy, and this is the most important question, because I, I kept thinking about stuff like this while watching this stupid movie. If he's dead, where's his ghost? Because apparently ghosts are just around all the time. Only animals can be ghosts. Uh, no, because Rothbart's a ghost. Not anymore. Well, no, but he had to die a second time first. That is fair. It's like Kingdom Hearts. Maybe, uh, maybe you only, it's like, yes, yes, it's like, God, Jesus Christ. Antonio got norded. Okay, go on. You mean Tony Ozan? He's back? (laughs) (laughs) I hate... I've never... I've never played a single one of those games. I hate that I know so much. They're not good, Andy. (laughs) They're actually... Andy? Yeah. (laughs) 
No, the the once the fourth one comes out, it'll all make sense, right? I mean, it's not the fourth one. It would be like the fifteenth one or something. Yeah, well, but number four. There's one good Kingdom Hearts game. We're not talking about this. Uh, which one? I need to hear your hot take on this. I think it's called Birth of Memories. Chain of Memories. It's chain, is it the Game Boy no, one? No, it's not Chain of Memories. Birth by Sleep. Birth by Sleep might be the good one. It's the one without Sora in it. I can tell, again, I hate that I know these things. Like It's wild a, that you knew that and I didn't. I have played all of them. The reason I know this is because, like, so many of my friends in college played these games, so I just, like, kept absorbing it, but also... It, 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 the, when a Kingdom Heart game comes out, that's like video game news, even if it's like a dream drop distance or three or three hundred and fifty six days over two sixty five. I am sorry. furious that you. Sorry, I, I I found myself really angry that I heard the phrase dream drop distance <laughs> because that might be the worst Kingdom Hearts game, and that is saying something. Yeah. Do you know why it's called that? Uh, it's because it's it's because of their stupid mechanic where you play as two characters, but instead of choosing which character to be, you get a set time and then you get, quote, dropped into the other no. character. No, it's, it's, it's not that. It's called Dream Drop Distance because it came out on the 3DS, Tony. This is why we don't do a video game podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, like, this no. is the reason... We we don't do it because what it would be would be it wouldn't be a podcast it would be a Twitch stream where you're playing the Emperor's New Groove on PS One and I'm going what is this? I will probably play the PC version, but there's a PC version. Oh wow! Well, when I was a kid, we only had computers, right? So I only had computer versions of all the stuff. Yeah, you'd be going, what is this? And I'd be saying, I need to press Z and X a lot to outrun the Jaguars, Andy. That's the one thing I really remember from that game. <laughs> okay, where are we? Derek and Odette are fine. Scully is in a jar with Hunch. Rogers and the animals are in a carriage. Uberta has not been in this movie since her book tour, and that's okay. That is that is the best thing for Uberta. Where are the kids? God, there is a moment where they're like, wait, he didn't come after us. So what's his plan? The children! <laughs> Yeah, you fucking idiots. <laughs> Could you two possibly be worse parents? <laughs> you just, what, left the kids alone with nobody watching them when you know there's an assassin? This is the wildest thing. When Derek and uh, Odette are, like, hugging each other and celebrating the fact that neither of them died in the sewers, there's, like, an overhead shot of the crowd forming around them from, like, the assassin's point of view. Mm-hmm. And you can see the kids, uh, Elise and <laughs> Lucas... You? Yeah, like backing away from the crowd. Like, why? What? Go towards your parents. What? That's wild. The, the the whole kidnapping of the children thing never made any sense because later they're in a fucking death trap and they're not even like tied up or anything. It's the dumbest death trap. So this death trap. Oh, this death trap. This death trap is infuriating for multiple reasons, which we'll talk about now because the kids are in a death trap. That makes no physical sense. They're on like a one-sided scale. There isn't another side. So like, why is it heavy? (laughs) Go on. Yeah, and if either of them steps off of the scale, a gate closes. 
and we are told they will fall. But that doesn't that's that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make any sense. If they were on opposites, opposite scales, that yeah. would make some sense. But this is specifically a trap only for Derek. Yeah, because so, this isn't yeah, this isn't actually a trap for the kids. It's a trap for Derek because Derek realizes that the trap will close the gate. Uh he he Indiana Joneses them off of the trap and himself onto it. Derek is a bag of sand in this scene, which honestly it was the role he was born for. Yeah, he was he has about as much character. He tells Odette and the kids to leave for safety. Now, Derek we have just seen you throw open one of these gates like it's made of paper mache. <laughs> oh, there's no consistency in this movie. But also, there's another way out of the cave. Yet there's like a big ass door. It's where Agent 47 comes in. Yeah, there's, yeah. Or there's deeper into the cave. There's like there's more no cave. reason. So anyway, Agent 47 shows up and he's like, you fool, Derek. This was a trap for you from the beginning. Why? Because I did kind of, I did kind of like the reveal that it is Agent Forty Seven Nicolo and not Antonio. Because I was sitting here like, I don't care that it's Antonio. And so <laughs> yeah. when it was Nicolo, a character that I had at least seen in this movie, I was like, oh okay. <laughs> but here's the problem with that, Tony, is I've already spent fifty minutes of this movie not giving a shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem. I'm not saying they did a super good job on this twist ending. Oh, so and here it and here it is. Here's the prestige. Nicolo shows up. Not only does he not have a Rasputin beard, he's also not crazy. Or maybe he is. The movie never really settles on that. Maybe he's maybe he's crazy, but he can talk to people like normal. Maybe yeah. he plays it up when people are around. Hard to tell. And he's like, I will push this button, Derek, and you will die. And Derek's like, I know acrobatics. Yeah, and then Derek just gets off the thing and it's like, why were you even standing here, Derek? Yeah, like, why just Why were you even waiting? Crap. And then Nicolo's like, Derek, you idiot. You Derek, total you dumbass. Dumb piece of shit. <laughs> You've fallen into my second trap, wherein I whistle and a bunch of rats bully you. I'm not saying that we should take time to talk about how this movie could have been better, but if it had played up the, like, Willard part of this movie, mm -hmm. where there's just a guy who controls rats, the inherent creepiness of the Pied Piper is that he controls rats, you know? So this guy controls rats, but also it rarely comes up. No, it doesn't come up, uh, really. The rats seem to have, like, a sentience, but they can't speak like all the other animals can. Yeah, and we cannot start talking about what is the difference between the speaking animals and the non-speaking animals. Because at least in the first Swan Princess, there wasn't one. In the first Swan Princess, only four animals existed, and one of them was a woman turned into a swan. Just like God intended. Just like God intended. So Derek talks about how he 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 his friends are going to save him, and Nicolo's like... Your friends won't be able to save you this time. And then we fade to black like it's a TV movie. I kept on thinking that there should be commercials. Yeah, right. I legitimately was like, oh, here comes the Applebee's commercial. Like <laughs> his evil plan's okay. I mean, this final bit of the evil plan. It's okay. This this is pretty good. This is pretty good. But uh, this bit, this this bit here. I want to. I want to be clear. This next bit coming up, not all the stuff up to this. Yeah, no, every, every, this plan makes no sense. This plan is full of, this is some fucking Looney Tunes shit, right? Like, there's so many fake outs and traps within traps and, like, fake traps 
felt like he was just taunting them to taunt them. And, like, maybe that's what he was doing? Yeah, he was, like, playing jazz, I think, the whole time, right? Yeah. Like, I'm gonna <laughs> set up fun a bunch it. of shit, have my rats write a bunch of Zs everywhere. Oh, fuck. We didn't mention the, the big twist, which is that they're not Zs. They're actually Ns. They're actually Ns because his name is Niccolo. Niccolo. He's like, Derek, you stupid piece of shit. They weren't Zs. <laughs> they were Ns the whole uh, time. Now- that's, again, not a great twist, but I do like any twist that's like, hey, Derek, you're an idiot. <laughs> that's true. And the best part of this is that Mavis called the Z being an N like the first time we saw it. She was like, well, it could be an N. <laughs> <laughs> if this were her kingdom, she would have just uh, killed Niccolo and it would have been done. If this were my kingdom, I would have just killed Niccolo. Why is he still hanging around? I don't know why he was put in the dungeon with the big hole in it. That seems like a mistake. Yeah, here the movie never explains how he even gets out of his cell, but he has to for this plan, right? There's when they go down to to find him the second time. There's just a big hole. So was he doing a Shawshank? Did the rats get him out? Who knows? Who knows? But nobody had been watching him, obviously. Earlier in the movie, Elise and Lucas found in the cat Hague, they found one, an older version of one of the of, of the submarine that was being built for Niccolo's escape. Niccolo has tied up Derek. I was going to make a joke, but I legitimately could not remember the name of that one like bondage thing. So I'm, I guess I'm not going to make that joke. Um, do you mean BDSM? No, Tony, I do not mean BDSM. There is a specific okay. word for uh, it's it's a Japanese word for tying people up in a very specific way. And I don't remember it and I'm not going to Google it. Um, okay. If you know what I'm talking about, just Im imagine how funny that joke would have been. Um, <laughs> We're um, reaching new highs on this podcast, Andy. Nicola throws Derek into this submarine and, ha and, and has a pretty baller line where he's like, the only thing this submarine could do well was sink. And then he pulls the lever to drop the submarine and then breaks it off. And he puts a rat in there. For no reason than to give Derek a rats that can save him later. <laughs> Look. I do like his reasoning, right? What does he say? He's like, because none of your friends could save you, borrow one of mine. Have one of mine. Yeah. It's just, it's pretty fucking wild, actually, that he would... <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> this guy fell in love with a swan. You don't think he's going to get a rat to turn to his side? Come on. <laughs> it's like... It's like when Ursula brings all those ships up out of the sea. <laughs> like, are like, you sure, yeah. Ursula? <laughs> but one of these guys is a master sailor. You realize that if you didn't do that, you'd just win. It's about the theatrics, though, right? That's the thing. If you have a baller line that you've been really saving up and practicing. And Niccolo is theatrical in this movie. That's the thing, right? Is if if no vil if villains just didn't go to drama class, they would be successful. Uh, um, that's accurate. That's pretty accurate <laughs> to Rothbard. I feel like, like so even from the first movie. Yeah. So, oh gosh, Derek is sinking in a submarine. Odette and the guards get to the get to where Derek was. Niccolo mentioned something about it taking them some time to search the caves for him, but they pretty much show up before that submarine's below the surface. 
Here's what it was. Here's what it was. Scully saw them. Niccolo reveals in his, you know, in his gloating that he has not taken Scully into account because Scully's a literal ghost and he can't see him. So that's the bit that's like, that's what saves Derek, theoretically. Maybe. Is that Scully was like, princess over here. And so, yeah, they see him start to go down, but they don't have a submarine. They can't get him. So Scully goes down after him. We need to roll back a little bit. So the Do we really? Yes, because how did Scully get free? The last time we saw him, he was jarred. Well, yes. let me tell you. Okay. He appealed. <laughs> he appealed. Um, yeah, he appealed to Hunch's sense of friendship, saying, "Hey, man, let me go. Just let me go check on my friends, and I will willingly lock myself up." And Hunch is like, "That doesn't make any sense." And he's like, "I just love my friends." And so Hunch is like, "I guess you can go." Hunch, I think the idea here, not done well, is that Hunch has never had friends, and he is intrigued by the concept. Because these Doblin things do suck. They are uh, terribly designed and not good to each other. But, you know, Hunch, we, we know from this movie and the last movie that he was in that Hunch is different. You know, not only does he know how to read and write, he also has like an M. Bison military hat. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> I don't know why it needs to be about anything, Andy. I uh, Maybe it just washed up on shore or he ate a guy who wore it. He ate M. Bison. Are you happy? This hat is about 100 to 200 years, right? Like uh, ahead of the fashion curve. I mean, on the other hand, what century do you think it is? Fair enough. Well, we got submarines. I don't think submarines were used until like late 1800s. I think you and mean submarines. And they weren't widely used until World Saint Marines? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, whatever's happening is garbage. So yes, yeah, Scully gets gets away. Now he can go find his friends. Yeah, so he, sh- he brings his a ghost walkie-talkie cup into the submarine and Derek's like, you need to walk me through what I need to do to get out of here. And so Roger starts doing that. But oh, no, Derek's running out of oxygen. Let, let's give me a timeout for a second. All right. Rogers says all this crap that isn't even like good fake technological bullshit. It's literally like made, made up magic princess words that sound like it was like a baby is making them up. Like, I think he says the word gobbledygook as like yes, he part does. of the thing that Derek needs to do. And it's infuriating. I think it's supposed to be silly to like remove some of the tension from this scene. But it's 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 like this movie won't even let itself be taken seriously for half a second. And it just needs to throw one more awful joke at us. Sorry, that was that was it. I just I just had to get mad about that for a moment. So Derek is falling unconscious, right? Like he, he can't anymore. He doesn't have the strength. And he's he's passing out. He um he looks terrible. What else is no but um kish? Yeah. <laughs> Odette has <laughs> single handedly the best line in the whole movie. She grabs Rogers' walkie-talkie out of his hand and yells into it, Derek, just breathe. <laughs> Then she starts singing far longer than forever. And I would have been so mad if that had worked, but nope, he's still dying. (laughs) Yeah, it turns out that singing is not oxygen. (laughs) 
I just love that she starts it out with take a breath. Like he can't. Remember that. Remember that that from movie one, these two have been terrible at making sure the other doesn't die. Although usually it's the other direction. There was a, there was like a two second span where my 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 mind started racing because this is it. She could turn into a swan right now. <laughs> if it was ever going to happen, if it was ever going to come back. Like she she wills herself into swan form to save Derek. I could see that. But no, instead we get the triumphant return of Hunch. Hunch. We all wanted it. He saves the day. He scares the rat into pulling the makeshift lever that Derek had made. And now it's going up and he's going to get oxygen. It's yay. So that's basically the end of the movie. Everybody survived. There is a little bit of cruel and unusual punishment. This is straight up torture. (laughs) You're not allowed to do this. And it's weird that they have it in a kid's movie. Like, yep, this is what happens, kids. The king, instead of doing the more humane thing, which would have been executing Niccolo, or, you know, building a prison cell that isn't terrible, or hiring some more guards or something, he just sticks them on that weight. He sticks them on the one-sided, uh, on the one-sided scale. On the one-sided scale. I think I think this is an Odette move. I don't think the oh, I don't think King Jesus had anything to do with this. I think this was like Odette just being like, "Let's just put him on this scale, leave him here to die." And he whistles for his rats, who all come along, and they're like, "Nah, actually," which I feel like wasn't earned. We put you put one of us in a in a death trap, so no, no, thank you. If rats can think like that, though, then he would not have put one of them in a death trap. I, listen, man, I don't know. I'm trying. I'm like, I'm working with what the movie's giving me here. Yeah, no, the movie's it's 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 a bad movie, as it turns out. Although it's unlike a lot of the other Swan Princess movies, this movie is like a bad movie that you can like laugh at. Yeah. A lot of the other Swan Princess movies, including, I think, the one before it, are movies that are bad, but you kind of just have to slog through. They are snooze fests. I don't know if it's because the music is better or the animation is better or it's just so buck wild. But this was a much more entertaining bad movie. Because I was like, why did it just cut away from that character for me to see this other character? Like, none of it makes any sense. Why do we spend... More than half of this movie's runtime on Ghost Judge Judy and <laughs> Rogers yelling at animals about turning things into ghosts. Both of those things happen. More than half of this movie has nothing to do with the title of this movie. And like the kids are not in this movie. They don't do anything. They hardly have any lines. Neither of them really look anything like they did in the last movies. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking at their character models on this cover, and it looks kind of rough, actually. Odette also has this great thing where her hair is shaped to her shoulders, but sometimes it moves away from her shoulders and keeps that shape. Like, she just put a bunch of hairspray on. It's great. Wonderful stuff. It's wild. It's so much. This I think this movie is at the apex of, like, 
on a technical level, this movie is like it, this. The, nobody, like nobody's slacking off, right? Like the animators are right. doing their best. Not many animators worked on this movie, right? Like this is a very small production because um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta save as much of that money as possible for the tax return. They're working their butt off, right? They're they're doing their best. The voice actors are showing up to to you know be competent. Like, um, oh, oh, Odette doesn't really sound anything like herself anymore. But you know, who 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 sounds like Laura Bailey? But like, well, I don't or know. the other person who originally played Odette, yes, whose name I can't remember. It's been so long. It's been so long. But like, the editing in this movie is insane. The writing in this movie is insane. It gives you like such whiplash that like, like this is a movie that that was really that that Sony published. Sony keeps publishing. It's always the first thing I notice. Is that this is like. They got somebody to sign off on this movie at Sony. Like, what do they have to do? This is definitely still, right? Like, don't watch any of these. Don't don't watch any of these. If you are. Okay, here we go. I would love to see somebody who watched Swan Princess as a kid, right? <laughs> Just jump to this one. Just jump to this one and have to be like, who the f- fuck are all of these people who, who, who are these are kids? Any of these characters who are these kids why is rogers like this there are ghosts all i remember about uberta is that she wanted her son married off and now she's insane the puffin isn't even scottish anymore that'd be pretty great like how did we actually get from there to here Part of me wants to believe that I, that this movie is 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 what it is is it's a swan song hey to this era, right? Because after this, from what I can tell, we're we're going to other cultures land. Bending two straight movies in China. <sighs> Why? Who knows? Thank you for listening to Direct Video. VHS? VHS? I have been your host, Tony Robusto. I have been your host, Andy Reyes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at TheaterBets and my website at inspiredbytrueevents.org. You can find me on Twitter at royalty underscore balance, and you can also find me at my other podcast, Time Honored Pictures, where um, we are going to be watching um, the, oh gosh, the life of Emil Zola next. So, another biopic. Oh, those ones are always good and not problematic. Yeah. You can... See more direct video stuff at direct2.video and subscribe on iTunes or whatever you do. And uh, if you are on iTunes, please give us those delicious five-star reviews. Thank you to Lee Rosevere for the song Planet E off the album Trappist One. Well, now we got to talk about this. <laughs> what are we doing next? Next time we'll watch Pokemon the first movie. That's going to be a trip. That's going to be Go wild. Go back to the 90s. I'm the Ghost of John Smith. Some of them I don't want to hit just after doing some Swamp Princess stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, we're not touching Alpha and Omega, uh, Richard Rich's oh other series, other franchise, for a while. Well, I would like to finish Swamp Princess before we do Alpha and Omega, because I don't want both of those on my plate. <laughs> uh. <laughs>